Welcome to the Start Up to Something podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Matt. This is our weekly update where we share the ups and downs of building and growing our bootstrapped online businesses. And sometimes we ramble on about tech. How's it going, Matt? Yeah, great. How are you? Good. Enjoying the weather. Oh, it's impossible not to. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Last week was so unproductive. The weather was so nice. <laughs> I know, yeah, and I'm like, and I just, I just love those first days where you can actually be in the sun in a t-shirt and like actually get a get a tan. Yeah. But my dog hasn't been to the groomer in months, so he was miserable. (laughs) I was walking him always on the sunny side of the road. Yeah. (laughs) And he was just miserable. Like we'd we'd come up to like a mailbox and he would just lay down right in the shadow of the mailbox poor guy what kind of dog do you have it's a golden doodle okay i have a golden doodle as well yeah that's it he's uh he's the the big size one yeah oh poor guy yeah his fur is super long right now and curly and it's just wool pretty much yeah he's basically like a sheep yeah exactly (laughs) a miserable miserable sheep (laughs) yeah we've got the same same with my dog we've got a groomer appointment set later this month and i think she's gonna be so happy oh my god yeah yeah my dog is like a new dog when when it gets trimmed he's like full of energy and yeah especially in the summer like we go to play fetch and i get like three throws in and she's like okay i gotta rest this is brutal (laughs) but yeah you shave her down and then all of a sudden she's spry and kipper yeah him too so how was your week do you get into any trouble no um, I mean, I, yeah, like I, I've been doing marketing and copywriting. Mm. So like, one, of, one of my goals was to at least outsource someone to do something. Yeah. So I gave it one last ditch effort to try to find someone that could do the marketing. Uh, well, no, sorry. Do the design of my landing pages. Right. And also do the copywriting for them. Okay. Like, it's just like a last ditch effort. Come on, I need to find someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... I did not find someone that that could do the copywriting. Okay. Like, it's just not something that designers do. Okay. So, but I found someone that can do the design, so. Okay. So, That's at least fair. there's that. At least I'll outsource the design. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that means we'll, I'll officially host the the uh, marketing site on a Webflow mm-hmm. account. Yeah. So, and I think it'll also give me an opportunity to like do some dog fooding. Yeah, totally. So like for for a bunch of sections on the website, like for the fac or for for documentation, like I'll I'll use the CMS and I'll use Power Importer to to sync it with Airtable. Right. So yeah, so so that's good. But uh, but really, I I mean I've been struggling for the past year, like because of COVID, and I've just I've I'm pretty sure i've suffered some depressing d- depression episodes mm. yeah me too. where i just couldn't do anything and and now like the these past few months of doing tasks that i don't enjoy it's been it's been even harder yeah <laughs> and yeah i've gone through moments where i just yeah i just can't get myself to to do the copywriting or i i I start and then, you know, it's okay, that's good enough. I did the first draft and then I just can't get back to it. Yeah. So, yeah, this week I just decided enough is enough. Like I need, 
I need to concentrate on my mental health. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to put all the marketing on hold. Yeah. I even paused my Twitter campaign because I wasn't, I wasn't sure whether it's working or not. Like I'm, I mean, I have analytics, so I'm, I'm tracking it, mm-hmm. but it, it just didn't seem like. It seemed like I was, I was really lucky that I got a paying customer like right at the beginning of the campaign. But now it's been running for like a month and a half, and you know I haven't gotten any other paying customers. Okay. So it's starting to add up now. The cost per customer mm-hmm. is just increasing, increasing, and it's technically still profitable. But I just decided I'll just pause it for now, and like uh, I'll revisit it later. Yeah. So yeah. So so definitely like this weekend, I took the whole weekend off. I did absolutely no work. I mean, I might have answered one or two emails, but uh, and that felt great. Like Good. actually, yeah, I was actually disconnected. Like yeah. started reading a book again. Yeah. No, I, I was going to ask you about this because I definitely have been feeling run down lately. Uh, just bouncing back and forth between consulting and trying to do F bars, wanting to do more, but getting pulled into other things, and especially same kind of thing. I don't want to do the consulting, especially the stuff that I'm doing right now. It's very tedious work. It's just like I want to be doing literally anything else. <laughs> And I totally yeah. agree. I totally agree. I, I I wanna move my body, I wanna get out there and exercise, and I'm just in a major trough of everything sucks. And I, I don't know how to recuperate. I, that's my problem right now is I can't seem to bounce back because I can't seem to manage this stress or I, whatever it is I'm feeling. Uh, I can't quite figure out how to how to beat it and I'm you know, COVID doesn't help being stuck yeah. inside. Montreal's on curfew just yeah so like what do you what do you typically do like i mean i guess this year is an exception because <laughs> so much of what we would normally do is inaccessible but what are your kind of go-tos for for stress management or i mean this kind of thing like when you're when you're dealing with something hard what do you what do you typically do i mean um i usually don't have this problem Fair enough. it's it's really it really is covid in my in my case that's mm-hmm. the problem because i, I i'm usually very active so like I, I do judo. I play volleyball. I go to the gym, and, uh, and yeah, so I can't do any of those things right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. So I, yeah, I'm usually at yeah. the gym four or five times a week. So right, exactly. And and I'm always very like progress oriented. I guess. Yeah. Like everything I do, there has to be progress mm-hmm. in it. There has to be constant improvement. Mm-hmm. So. So that's why I like the gym because I at least you know I can concentrate on lifting more each time. Yeah. And in judo, I always concentrate on you know making my my throws better, and and I compete also. So I'm always optimizing like my strategy and <laughs> and I have actual competitions, so I get to measure am I improving or not. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so all that is like it's all gone, mm. and for me, it's even part of my identity is gone. Like I just. Yeah. I haven't done judo for I haven't done judo for over a year, so I really I have no answers for you. <laughs> Mark, come on, man! <laughs> you're my last. You're like, my last hope. No, like I bought I bought a kettlebell, and that's I'll just do that to mm. keep myself in shape until I can start doing my sports again. Yeah, but I have zero motivation with one kettlebell. Like I. I can't lift more, like, so I can't. I don't see any progress there. Yeah, and and yeah, just alone by myself, and 
in my in my office i do i do my workouts in my office mm. it's like no it's just it, it doesn't work for me yeah so. i'm definitely finding that my mood is tied to the weather the sunnier it is the warmer it is the more free i feel yeah i totally agree last week and over the weekend was amazing i was out like, the entire day on saturday i was at the park i got a sunburn it was amazing <laughs> it was the greatest it was, it was incredible weather and now yeah. it's a cool down a little bit this week but already I'm like, I want the sun back. I want that weekend back. And I'm tired. And it's just like trying to will myself forward this week is, it just makes me realize maybe I really do need to kind of take an unplug style vacation for a little bit. I know we, we talked a little bit about how to plan for something over the summer and what we want to do and what's accessible. Um, and I'm thinking maybe I need to do a week even sooner than that. I, I want to attack my work with a little more vigor. I, I really don't love the idea of kind of like, you know, droning on through life, going through the motions. I want to attack things with a little more energy than I've been attacking them with. Okay. <laughs> and I think maybe a week would be really well earned. I don't know if it would be like maybe in two weeks time or something I can, right now we're trying to find an apartment, we're moving, there's so much on the go. So it's like, if I can, if I can, if we can seal the apartment thing, that might be a great way to just say, okay, cool, no work, no nothing. Like really just kind of take a week and bike around or, you know, only do, try to do only fun things for a week. Things you really enjoy doing. Yeah. I mean, moving is, moving is stressful anytime, like not yeah. just during COVID, like <laughs> moving is always a stressful thing. Like, so that, that's not helping. Yeah. No, it's a nightmare. And it sucks too, because yeah. I, I'm finding that. I'm asking myself the question of, I, I, I tend to take negative thoughts I have and pull them inward. And it's, I'm finding myself saying, you know, if you can't make it through this, like, are you going to make it through the next hard thing? Are you going to, like, you're not good enough because you're not able to recover from this. I thought you were more resilient than this. I thought you were taking it more seriously. And I'm trying to shut those voices off of like, motherfucker, it's COVID. Like, stop. <laughs> stop that. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, me too. Like I, I've lost so much muscle mass. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Like just looking at photos, it's obvious. And and I've gained, I've gained fat around the belly. Mm -hmm. So, but I, but I just kept telling myself, oh, it, it doesn't matter. Like I'll I'll lose it after a few months when I start again. Yeah. But I've been saying that for a year now, right? <laughs> it's like at first it was oh whatever it's okay I'll just. I'll just lose. I know, like, I, I know once I start judo and then and go to the gym, and mm -hmm. yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll just lose the weight and I'll regain the, the muscle mass. But, you know, then now it's been, it's been 13 months. It's like, uh, this is going to take me a while to, to, to regain all this muscle mass and lose this weight. Yeah. I, I've, I have a garage here in, in the building I live in. And I was doing some morning workouts down there for quite a while, but it just doesn't replace the gym. Like I, that feeling you get when you walk into the gym and you can throw things around and just have a good old time instead of yeah. in like a dirty old garage <laughs> near the garbage cans, like trying to trying to work, <laughs> doing burpees over over a towel or something. You know, I just have no uh, equipment. No yeah, equipment. and it's probably dusty and moldy in down there it, it's not too moldy but it's dusty as hell it's super dirty yeah no that's not good yeah. and i'm just like i just keep trying to tell myself like oh just a few more reps you'll feel better and like especially since i came back from halifax i've just been haven't been getting it 
I, I really yeah. want to get after something. I, I, like I, I agree with you. You know, I, forming progress with something is really, really nice. Oh, I lifted more. I was faster, or I felt. I just miss the endorphins from yeah. lifting and moving and that kind of thing. Is yeah, so addictive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I only went to the gym to improve my judo. Like you know, so like for me, it's all like it's all about progress. Like the main goal, the main goal was judo and getting better at, at my competitions. And then the gym was just to make sure that I that I was in the right weight category. Oh, okay. So like so you know because when you compete, it's all by weight category. Yep. So you know I want to be at the very limit of that weight category yeah. with the most muscle mass and the less body fat, mm. and even a little dehydrated. Sure. The day of the weighing. <laughs> yeah. So th- that's why I would go to the gym. Like, but now without that goal and without a gym. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't help. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I've been finding that I used to play a lot more games when I was a little less busy, like video games and that kind of thing. Because I, I love the uh, escape. I, it's really nice to just hop into a game and just be fully immersed and escape for a little while. And I've been finding myself doing that a little bit more and calling up friends that that have time on the weekends or in the evenings and saying, oh, hey, let's pop on for a little bit and just play around and that kind of thing. And I've been finding that's been very relaxing. So I've been playing Stellaris uh, a little bit. It's a grand strategy game. It's been out for a number of years. And it this is exactly the kind of game I like. Like it just, it, I'm dreaming about it. Like I, I, st- I play it too close to bedtime and I'm colonizing planets in my head and in my oh, dreams of fighting off aliens. Like, yeah, it just, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh my God, I got to play more Stellaris. Like I, this is, this is a problem, but it's so nice to have something to look forward to in the, in an evening. Like I'll make a plan with one of my friends and say, oh, you know, what are you doing on Wednesday evening? Okay. Let's meet up for a couple hours in the evening and play. And that's, okay, cool. that's been really nice. So I think that, think that combined with the better weather i think is just is improving my my overall <laughs> mental state uh, but i think i think a vacation sooner than something over the summer is actually going to be warranted i need to figure out what that looks like yeah my my goal i mean for the fitness thing i've i've just i've I still in the given up mode yeah <laughs> like it, i still have out. <laughs> yeah e- even though i know that there's no way that i'm restarting judo in the next three months Yep. Like I really think it won't be before September, and even then, I have very little faith in our government. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I think that's yeah, right. I really, I really don't think. So yeah, I sort of given up. So me, for me, it's to find, find some small wins. Like you know, mm-hmm. if I can find some small wins elsewhere or progress elsewhere, then then that could keep me happy and motivated. Mm-hmm. So yeah, last week I just said okay no more marketing for now and I, I will concentrate on on what I enjoy which is coding totally so I know this is horrible indie hacker advice <laughs> but you know at one point you gotta think of your mental health too yeah no I think that's very true I think that's really true so yeah so there's a new there's a new importer that I want to create so that's going to be exciting like you know prototyping and testing it beta testers and getting feedback and i also have two different ideas for side projects oh cool yeah so they're all like they're all in the web flow space okay so they're you know so they will themselves will act as marketing Mm -hmm. marketing by engineering okay um so yeah so that's those are all the things that 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 are making me excited again about 
working. Yeah. The side projects, are they going to be like promotional tools or will they also be paid tools or paid things? They're both going to be free. Okay. So they're, they're, they're mostly, yeah, they're mostly like uh, for marketing purposes. Okay. But like I don't, I don't really want to go into too much detail hmm. now because, well, I mean, part of it is I, I think they're really good ideas and I don't want <laughs> someone else to, to yeah, do them. <laughs> but once I've, once, once I've started, once they're ready, I, I will talk about them. And okay, cool. What's, what's the strategy behind them? Why? Sounds like fun. But yeah, the goal is to, to give back to the Webflow community. Yeah. So they, they do serve a purpose uh, to, to help make the webflow community bigger also mm-hmm. to like recruit no coders that are that are using other tools okay try to bring them to the dark side mm. i can't wait to hear what these are yeah yeah for this week last week i really got uh caught up in the consulting that i've been doing um it's really a hurry up and wait kind of thing you do a bunch of work you send it off to a con- to another layer layer or level of consultants and you wait to hear back from them with their edits um and last week, I, I, I've been half done one of my clients and was waiting for feedback. So I was working on their, I've been doing a 2019, 2020 year. And then, uh, so I've been working on the 2020 year. And then I got feedback on another client and I'm going back and dealing with that. So it's a lot of, I'm in the mental gymnastics phase. <laughs> I'm, I've been doing research and now it's like, okay, how can I position this? And what do I need to write to get everything together? And it's really exhausting work. So the days have been shorter, especially with the weather, and have just been generally more exhausted. So this week, I'd really like to get out another <clears throat> get out another draft to the consultants um, for one of my clients, and then if I could at least get an initial draft for 2020, that would be amazing. And then I would see that as a big win—a win enough to take a you know a week of vacation at least. Okay. Because at least then no one's really waiting on me for things. I've got. Uh, I've got all my irons in the fire, and I'm just waiting to hear back. So that'd be nice. So you didn't do any more marketing for F bars? No, I was thinking about that before this call. Of it's funny how easy it is for me to just push it off and say, "Well, I'm busy with this other thing." I because how hard is it to send a few cold emails? Like, really, it's not that difficult. Although, <laughs> so it, I, I've been thinking a lot about this lately. Um, my, one of my favorite podcasts right now. Uh, you introduced me to uh, my first million. Right. Which is awesome. I love that show. Yeah, me too. They have this amazing ability to talk about things. Everything they talk about, they speak about in a very simple way. They say, oh, I'm going to introduce a business. And here it is stated very simply. And the way they talk to one another, everything is simple. And it makes you jacked because you're just like, oh, yeah, awesome. I'm excited. Like, everything is so simple. I'm just going to go out there and do it. But it's that difference between simple and easy. It might be simply stated, but it might be incredibly difficult to do. And it's just like you get all energized from how simple it is to talk about, to conceptualize something. And you sit down to do it and you're like, oh, actually, that's really difficult. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, one example they showed is, you know, to like, to like, I don't know, to to gain muscle mass. It's simple, right? So we like, or sorry, it's like so work, you, so you lift weights and you eat more calories, right? Yeah, exactly. That and lots of protein. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's really simple. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Physically difficult. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah, even like even even eating a lot of protein and and a lot of calories is so hard. Oh my god. 
I've I've been through periods where I really tried to bulk up, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the weightlifting that was hard; it was the eating. Yeah, it's, it's like at what point you just don't want to eat. Like you you see food and it it, it like makes you nauseous. <laughs> I don't want to eat. Too disgusted by it. <laughs> oh yeah, I I went to go see because uh, like I I, um, I love food, eat a lot of food. And we, we cook all of our meals. Uh, I put a lot of effort into food prep and, and eating really well. And I went to a nutritionist once because I was thinking, oh, it'd be nice to bulk up a little bit more. And I'd love to hear just what a professional has to say about it. And she kind of reviewed my diet and I'd written down everything I was eating. And she was like, your diet is really good. You just need to eat more. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I can eat more. So in the morning, like I think back to to what I was eating and it's gross. Like, it's like you'll have a regular meal and then you have two eggs or just like, it's just a mishmash of of stuff to try to get more protein. Like, oh my God, I, it's so much food. Did you ever try Gomad? No, I love Gomad though. I, oh yeah. That's like the joke in our household. Oh yeah. (laughs) You're gonna go mad, bro? So yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, Gomad means a gallon of milk a day. Oh, that's so much milk. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I decided to try it once. Okay. Not a gallon because, you know, I'm Canadian. I'm a metric system, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I decided to just do two liters. That's is, so much milk. <laughs> which is pretty much half a gallon, right? Like it's, yeah. it's close to half a gallon. Yeah. Or actually a little more than half a gallon. Yeah, because what's a gallon? Three liters? It's like 3.7 something oh. liters. Oh, I'm just imagining in the grocery store the bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, the, the big oh, jug. The giant <laughs> jugs. Oh, my God. I'm disgusted even thinking about it. That's so yeah. much milk. So I tried it. And I mean, first of all, I should point out that I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> so it was pretty much the worst idea in the world. <laughs> but, uh, oh, my God. I, it's It's impossible. Like. Two liters, I did it for maybe three days in a row, and then that's it. I, I could not see milk again. Like, no. <laughs> You'd see, see someone drink a glass of milk, and it would make me nauseous. I oh. cannot see it. Oh, God. Yeah, because you, you're so, replacing all water with milk, right? You would have to. There's, yeah, exactly. The volume alone, it, I mean. Yeah, no. I mean, most people don't have a hard time drinking two liters of water per day, yeah. which is, you know, what what is recommended so like imagine milk instead there's i'm always fascinated by things like this where it's like you're going for anything that involves volume it's like you got to get more i I worked with a guy um i'm gonna butcher his name his name is yoan rosh rosh and he he's an ultra marathon runner and he was like a I worked with him uh, at a previous company and he, he was like a delivery man or no, delivery manager something like that delivery automation engineer and um, yeah he was an ultra marathon runner and he's quote unquote famous in Montreal because every winter when the Saint, when the St. Lawrence freezes he runs across it because really? yeah because he's when you think about how much distance you have to cover to be an ultra runner it's just like at, at some point you just think like I need more miles how can I get more miles it's like well I could run from home and to work and reverse every day it's going to take me two hours but like when the winter comes how are you supposed to accomplish that you can't run right. across the bridge they close it uh, so he's like alright I'll just run across the St. Lawrence let's go <laughs> and, 
and like the media catches him every winter and he's always on the radio or you read about him on the internet and it's just like oh rosh has been seen running across the saint lawrence he's like oh, i've been doing it for eight years <laughs> the, the dude is the nicest coolest guy but it's like oh you're completely insane like i can't believe right. you're doing this. but yeah it's like the when, as soon as you add volume to anything it's like what what crazy hack can i do to, to drink more yeah. milk to to run more to run more kilometers it's just madness it's true yeah no it's not easy like i i used to be a runner and like you know my my first competition was a five kilometer you know that's easy like you can you can run five kilometers like every single day in the morning before going to work like you know it's but uh but then i started training for a 10 kilometer and then it's like well it's kind of hard to, to to run that before going to work you know so then on the weekend you, you try to do the long run and i would do the 5ks weekdays and a long run on the weekend right and then i did a 10k competition so then, you know, the next milestone is the half marathon, right? Yeah. And that's when, yeah, I just gave up. I was like, <laughs> the amount of kilometers you got to do each, you know, each week is is ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, it's it's a huge time sink. And like you say, like, where do you find those kilometers? <laughs> yeah. So like I would run up, I, live, I lived close to the mountain mm-hmm. back then. So I would just run up the mountain and then run back home. And that was, that was like 10 kilometers. Yeah. But then what am I supposed to do for 21 kilometers? Like, do it twice in a row? <laughs> I mean, like, I like, that's boring. I like the mountain, but I don't like the mountain that much. Right. I mean, even I find it, I've, I always found it hard, like, running running back from where, you know, like, usually that's how you get your, your run. You just run to a, to a destination and then turn around and run back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always found the running back harder, like, mm-hmm. like, mentally you know because it's just there's nothing new to look at like i've already been here i've already seen all this yeah so now like what was i supposed to do do it twice (laughs) see i gave up that's it that was the end of my running (laughs) oh yeah yeah the pure kilometers I, i just couldn't i don't like i wish i liked running i really wish that i did it's just the most boring activity. I can't stand it. Yep. 5K yep. is my limit. I can run 5K and that's, I'm just, I'm just bored. I'm just done. Yeah. I mean, I can't even do 5K anymore. <laughs> I just find it so boring. Yeah. And, but it, cause it's, it's one exercise that I could do now during quarantine. <laughs> you know, it's the only thing I could do. <laughs> you really, I really don't want to do it. Exactly. No, I, I'm not that desperate yet. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, I'm in in exactly the same boat. It's like, it's as easy as putting on your shoes and walking out the door. Yeah, it's simple, Matt. It's simple. (sighs) So simple. (laughs) How simple it is. You just put on shoes and go outside. Mm. See, it's really interesting to like think about things as simple versus easy. Because I really realize now that most of my Twitter feed is people treating things as simple. Like I've been in therapy for multiple years. And I remember somebody, I, I saw a tweet the other day that was like, Oh, you over just overcome anxiety. It's so simple. Just overcome it. Like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so simply stated. Yeah, that's one thing I also decided is spend less time on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It just seems like yeah, there's a lot of this this like hustle kind of mentality. Like yeah. everyone is, and everyone is doing great, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. Nothing makes me. Everyone's great. crushing it. <laughs> Nothing makes me more pissed <laughs> than seeing people who are crushing it. Right. 
It's so easy. Yeah. Just crushing it. I'm going to release something new, a new new side project. I'm going to do 12 projects in 12 weeks. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then, yeah, I think I just, I've had too much of it. Yeah. I need to take a break. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Maybe I need to do a social media cleanse as well. I don't spend that much time on Twitter, but stuff leaks into my timeline of, like, people who are crushing it. Like, I'm not following them. Some they get a like from somebody I follow or something like that. Right. Yeah, because I really do try to keep my timeline clean so that it's really just interesting people that I want to hear from. Um, I don't need more celebrations of stuff. I want people who are in the trenches. Yeah, I don't. This this is gonna sound silly, but I I also have a hard time with Twitter because the following is not always reciprocal. Like you you follow someone and they don't follow back. Mm-hmm. And I can't help it. Like, part of me feels, like, rejected each time they don't oh. follow back. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then they're just like, so why am I following them? Like, mm-hmm. just to see how they're crushing it? And like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't think that's silly at all. I, I don't think that's silly at all. It's almost like a handshake of just like, oh, I'm following you because you're saying things that I'm interested in. And I'm saying very similar things. We should be interested in each other. It's right. Like, oh, yeah. Give me the handshake. Yeah, no. I or it's more, it's, or it's more like I want to socialize with, with people right. that are that are also indie hackers and also building in public. But if they're not following back, there's not going to be any socializing. Like, mm. like yeah, I could comment on their stuff and maybe they'll they'll read it, maybe they'll reply. But so yeah, that's that's also why I'm taking a pause. Yeah, good call. I mean, two two years ago, I I stopped looking at my Facebook feed, mm-hmm. and that was huge for my mental health it was huge like i i basically i had read the book um what was it called is it hooked digital digital minimalist oh maybe? digital yeah digital minimalism yeah the, the the same guy who wrote deep work yeah so yeah that yeah that book was great like that was like that was the the push i needed to to actually try it like i had tried different things like just you know, go change your your host file to like block Facebook, and but uh, but that book really showed me like, I mean, there is value to get out of Facebook, right? So like, why don't you just concentrate on that value and eliminate everything else? And yeah, and so like when I did an audit for my use of it, I saw what well, the the use that I did get out of it was was like groups. Like I definitely joined groups and discovered interesting events. Mm-hmm back in the days where you know we had events so that so i still wanted that i still wanted that opportunity to not miss out on anything Mm. but otherwise the feed i was like most of the time after looking at my feed i'd I'd be depressed so Mm. so i just cut it out i just put a browser plug in that would just block the feed there was there's no way for me to see the feed So I can go to Facebook, like if I and if I use bookmarks, I can go to groups and then see my groups, or I can look up a friend, like an individual person, like what are they up to? So I could do that, and and I know which people to to go look up. Kind of some people they just spew political garbage, so yeah. I never even go look at their their timeline. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I, like, I still visit Facebook from now from now and then, from time to time. Um, because I still do get a feed of, I have a lot of friends who are having kids and that kind of thing. So it's kind of nice to be like, oh, this person had a kid. That's nice. And I'm getting exposed to that. Um, but I agree, like there's so much nonsense that gets posted or 
someone com- like ugh, the worst is now is someone comments on nonsense so the nonsense yes. you normally wouldn't even be exposed to it but somebody is calling it out as nonsense and now the nonsense right. makes it into your feet it's just go away exactly. i don't want this yeah exactly it's like it's like you agree with your friend's opinion yeah like yeah i agree but i don't even want to see that shit in my life no like- <laughs> so yeah i wish like I just all I want is a Facebook feed of baby photos and wedding announcements. Like I'm good with everything else. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, yeah, I agree. Like optimally, that's what I would want. Like a a filtered, filtered timeline that really only gets what interests me. Yeah. Like big life events from my friends and and uh, yeah, if anybody is hosting an event, I want to know about it. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know. I've tried to write my own browser plugins to do it. Yeah, and it's there's always stuff that creeps through it, and yeah. it's not perfect, and yeah. and then you still have that this addiction of like going back. Is there is there new stuff on the, on it? Yeah. So yeah, I, ju- I just cut it off. Mm. It's been it's been over two years now, and I feel great. Okay. And yeah, basically what I'll do is I'll when I think oh I wonder what this person is up to right I haven't mm. heard from them in a while so I'll just I'll either ping them my, myself like hey. What are you up to? You know, like we did in the good old days. (laughs) In the before days. (laughs) Yeah. Or I'll I'll go to their timeline directly Mm. and then I'll see what they're up to. Yeah. I mean, you're you're completely right. The the punishment that you get for... for getting it wrong or having your filter let something through is way worse than just the, than all yeah. the positive stuff combined. Exactly. Like I'll miss whatever I'll miss some positive stuff. Yeah, that's life. Yeah. And then at the same time I think like I don't know. Like I'd rather concentrate on the relationships where where we're people that I'm close to that we're actually regularly chatting than you know the random person I went to high school with. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, that's neat that you have kids now. That, that's cool. But, but really, like, well, how come we don't chat outside of Facebook? Yeah. Uh, to me, that means we're not really that close. Mm. So I think I need to find that same kind of balance on Twitter mm. is what I'm coming to. Yeah. I need to find, I, I, I yeah, right now I'm just going to take a break. But I need to find a balance where I'm only seeing the tweets from specific people. Like, I mean, I thought of creating a list, mm. but even a list is not perfect yeah finding that right browsing experience of the things that you probably should engage with or can engage with versus yeah the noise i definitely find that about things like hacker news for example because there's some interesting stuff there there's a lot of noise and i don't dare venture into the comments i tried that once but yeah do you find that hacker news has changed over the years I'm relatively new to it. I've been viewing it. I've been watching Hacker News for four or five years. Okay. Um, but you haven't you haven't found that it changed in those four years? I think it used to be more. This is this is really reaching. I think, but I would I would argue that there's a little more news on it today. I think previously it used to be even more technical. Like the yeah. the front page was more like. Oh, more here's this eso something written in this esoteric language, or here's this really interesting technical tidbit from somebody who's been working in the industry for thirty years. Like, um, it was a little more technical. It's still technical, but there's still more. There's a little, little bit more, just more popular news um, making it into the feed or getting uploaded. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. What's different? But it, it feels like now the the noise to signal 
ratio is is much higher. Mm. I I feel like before there was a more a lot more of a startup mentality. Right. Like there were startups, and now it seems like it almost feels like now it's more it's more em- technical employees that are that are commenting uh, and voting and all that and submitting. Okay. That's that's the feel that I get. Before it used to be more founders and uh, and hackers like really just in the sense in in like the MIT sense of hacker like the guys who would just play on those those mini computers and just and now it seems more like mostly developers all complaining about which JS stack is the best one and 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 then whenever a controversial like blog post is shared you know like opinion A well, then there's going to be like another article like that that's going to follow like one hour later, it's going to be not opinion A. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, I don't know. I find like I, I scroll through it so much quicker now and it's really rare that I'll click on something. I've been trying to sort by new rather than by popular. Okay. Because I get, I don't know, I I... I <laughs> I feel like whenever I browse Hacker News, I just read it and I internalize everything to be about me. So it's just like when someone says, well, shit programmers do X and Y, I'm like, well, I guess I'm a shit programmer then because I did that yesterday. <laughs> and it's like, I, these are random people on the internet. Like, I shouldn't let them affect the way I see the world or the way I behave. So I would much rather search slash new and be the judge for myself of what I think is interesting. And I guess that's the problem with comments or sometimes deeply technical articles. It's like, oh, I'm not, I, oh, I'm not doing enough elixir. I'm a terrible developer. Like, I'll never yeah. be a good developer because I don't know twenty languages or whatever. And I still haven't tried Rust. Yeah, ex- exactly. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, oh man. But it's interesting too to think about it because, like, in <laughs> on Hacker News, Rust is mainstream in the in the world of development, like. How much rust is actually happening? Like it, it, it right. get, what a weird bubble forms. Like yeah, like I remember when GoLang was cool, at least cool on Hacker News. Now it's like oh, phew. no, it's still it's still pretty popular. I still see it a lot. Yeah, okay. I, I yeah. for me it's been completely replaced by Rust. I feel like I don't see anything because I'm at the point where I'm because because I only I use an RSS feed mm-hmm. to to get my Hacker News, so I only. If I put a filter, like I only get things that have, uh, I think, 75 points or more. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because um, I don't want to have to go check it every day to make sure I don't miss something. Mm-hmm. So an RSS feed, you know, like my, my catcher just catches it all. And then I, whenever I get a chance, I, I can go and look at it all. And I haven't missed anything that was 75 points or higher. Mm-hmm. And it allows me to be very selective. I can then I can just filter. and, But I'm at the point where I want to create some filters on that RSS feed. Mm-hmm. And like anything that has Rust in the title, <laughs> just I don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. And and I think Go is the next one to go. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, there's a lot of like, ooh, I wrote a HTTP server in Go. Yeah. Or, you know, or this library in Go. And it's like, no, I, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not useful. Yeah. But uh, but I don't you know I just I'm not ready to pull the plug completely on it, mm. like it might happen in the next year, but because uh, I still find sometimes you di- you discover new things like oh, totally. and sometimes and sometimes it's like the good old days like 
it's something technical and then you look at the comments and it's just a bunch of really smart people like just geeking out over it mm. and contributing like real insight so that those moments are great when i when you run into those yeah. but then you have the the opposite where you have someone that might be good in programming and but then they think that can make them really good at nutrition or yeah. politics yeah. or vaccines for fuck's sake like <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you're a fucking expert in vaccines now, yeah. of course. Because you know how to program in a Rust. <laughs> Can't wait for your opinion. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. No, I I'm always I always love the um they they always tend to come out of the woodwork when there's a death in the in the community of like uh, an MIT prof like an MIT professor or somebody famous from a lab dies. And then normally, like, the number one upvoted comment will be like, oh, I worked with this guy back in 66, and we were doing this. And it's like, what the hell? Like, there's so yeah. many different people on here. This is crazy. So it's cool exactly. to, cool to hear those stories and the, those things you wouldn't normalize get, nor normally get exposed to. Well, that's it. That's the, I mean, that that's why it's called Hacker News, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it used to be about the hackers, like the, those MIT guys and... And yeah, I mean, I've read so many books about the early MIT days and, and uh, you know, the Hacker Manifesto and all that stuff. Like that, sometimes it, you still have, find some of that on Hacker News and that, and that stuff is cool. So yeah, I mean, that's really it for me. I am just dealing with my own mental health and trying to finish this stuff up so I can take a vacation. <laughs> yeah. And um, like, how about your, your next project? Like, uh, do you think that's... That might be helpful to like to just work on something completely new. Yeah, I, I uh, this is so nerdy, but I've actually been dreaming about writing my own user management portal for the last few weeks. Like, <laughs> I I haven't been writing any code for quite a while. Like, I make the occasional patch to FBars, um, but I really haven't done written anything. And I for when as I was doing some tune-ups on FBars, I think I was working on the dependency to add Honey Badger uh, to FBars for uptime notification, and I was thinking like, oh, a, a SaaS starter for Java and Spring would be really nice for my own benefit, just to be able to like, oh yeah, I can drop in, drop it in, <clears throat> and I can have a user schema and an admin portal where I can do two-factor auth, and I can have Honey Badger as a starter, and all sorts of different things. But I've been thinking like, oh, I'd love to do that. Oh, that'd be really fun, actually. So I've been kind of dreaming like, oh, I could do, I could write a little shell of like a user portal where people can see and view their profile information and change. It's just something real simple. Um, but as a proof of concept for this kind of starter. But it, I mean, it doesn't have any like value, so to speak. Like I can't sell it. I mean, maybe I could. I don't know. I don't really have an audience for this kind of thing, so I doubt it. But just to get my hands dirty and write some code again it feels very refreshing yeah yeah i know what you mean like in the no code space there are quite a few of these no code tools to do like authentication and and customer management mm. so they'll take care of your user registration and uh, and getting payment from the user so managing their subscriptions and then you just put a piece of JavaScript on your on the pages that you want to con control access, and it it will make sure that only authenticated users can have access to it. Interesting. So they're really cool, and I, I've always thought like maybe I should just use that, right? Like like why am I writing my own authentication and mm -hmm. subscription management and all that? 
but each time I'm always scared of like the lock-in problem, right? Like once I have all my users there and they, all the subscriptions are there and all the, like how, I can't, I can't leave. No. And what if they, there's something I want to do and they don't support it? Like what if I want to do a passwordless login, right? Yeah. And they don't support it. So I'm always tempted like you to just write my own. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I was a big fan of Auth0. I think as a... <laughs> I loved the company, but I would never use their product because I, I would never give... I would never... I just don't give that kind of power to any third party, the lock-in, the cost, anything like that. Right, yeah. Um, and they were just recently bought by Okta. So it's just like, what's going to happen to that product? Is it just going to get folded into Okta? Who knows? But I mean, I love their their engineering as marketing is amazing. Their technical articles okay. are next level. They've done a great job. But yeah, I just would never use their product. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm look like because I've been looking at those no code tools and for like maybe not use it for me, but maybe use it for for the, for these ideas that I have for the side projects. Mm-hmm. Because then I get to play with it and see if, if there's anything missing that I could add as a value-added service. Totally. But but yeah, then when I look at them, I see the the constraints and like, or or even like the integration is not that easy sometimes. Mm. You know, you're like, okay, but when will you call me back? Right, <laughs> user logs registers. So when are you going to call my webhook? And what what happens if my webhook is unavailable and or whatever mm. like. You got to figure out all these edge cases yourself. Yeah. So at that point, you're like, it'd be simpler to just write it myself than read the documentation or try to figure out how it works. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because you've written these flows so many times, it's so easy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I know, I know it's it's wrong to always want to reinvent the wheel yourself, but but there is a real like lock in cost to use one of these services. Yeah. So yeah, like I don't know, even in terms of like a next project. I'm really interested in remote work. I'd love to, I think I, what's next for that project is really just to go on a knowledge quest. I feel like I follow a lot of people in this space, but what I'd really like to do is kind of create just a master feed of people that are talking about remote work or conversations that are happening around it, just for my own benefit of, I want to be able to, I want to peruse the space and I want to write. Like, I think something I'm not doing right now is I'm not writing enough. Okay. Um, I feel like that's the common refrain from everybody who's quote unquote made it. It's like, oh, I wrote this much and it, and it delivered me this value or whatever. And I think, I think that's probably true. Like, you know, there's no downside to writing, giving my own views and that sort of thing. Because I've been running into some really interesting problems lately with remote work that I feel like aren't being talked about. Um, okay. Like the the one that hit me recently is visibility. Like, you know, we are. You know, we're technical people, and I think in the past it's been easy to say, well, how many lines of code did Matt write this week? How many PRs did he open? You know, you can kind of look at it and get a, you can get a temperature on what Matt's been doing or, you know, if he was efficient or distracted or whatever. It, I, whether those are good measures or not, it's, it doesn't really matter. The problem, the point is that management can probably look at that and feel like they get a, a, an understanding of what I've been doing. But for other fields, like I have friends who work in finance, and finance... You could never work from home ever. That, that was that you could never do this. You had to be butt in seat before market opens and leave after the market closes. And they wanted to stay open, so they had to allow their workers to work from home. And that's an industry where visibility is really important. 
So how do you maintain visibility for your people who are working remotely? Because going forward, are we are they going to be mandated back to the office or are they going to be is it going to be hybrid? Are they going to be able to work from home some amount? And and, and like, yeah. you know, finance is just one specific example here, but every industry is going to matter with this where they're used to seeing people in their seats. So it's like, how do you stay visible for you as an employee, but also as a manager? How are you making sure that your people are visible and that they're getting the best chance that they can to be promoted or to be recognized for them? I don't know what the answer is, but I, I find this particular conversation really interesting. So yeah, like reading more into remote work, I feel like it's a very popular topic. So a lot of people are writing about their experiences with it, which I, I think is endlessly interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I don't know what a product would be there. Like, I guess part of me looks at like Tuple, for example, and I'm like, you guys are geniuses. Your product's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so jealous. But at the same time, uh, I feel like I've said this quote a bajillion times, but um, Toby Lucca, the CEO of Shopify, when Shopify went full remote, he said, this is going to hurt. And it's going to hurt until the tools... It's going to hurt because we don't have the tools yet to do remote work well. And when we get those tools things are gonna they're gonna be a lot better and i think that's a really interesting insight and it'd be cool to be a part of that uh a part of that movement but yeah i think i need to code a little bit (laughs) exercise that part of my brain okay yeah i don't know do some more writing i've got lots of ideas for where i want to take things but i think the number one thing that i need to do is just talk to a a bajillion people and and get into a habit of talking to people every week and you know, set a quota for myself. Hopefully, it would be nice to translate that into a following of some kind because I think that, that that probably means that you have people's attention, which probably you know has knock-on effects, but you know means something. People are interested in what I'm talking about, but I don't know. I don't know. They're very like ethereal. I don't know if that's the right word right now, but I feel like I'm kind of rambling. But <laughs> no, no, that's it's. So that's what you might be doing after this this vacation. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I, I need to start getting my thoughts in order with that at least, because once the consulting is off my plate, which I am so excited for, oh my god, I want that gone. <laughs> <sighs> then uh, I'll have a lot more free mental space, and I want to focus okay. on selling F bars uh, on on doing sales for it. Um, but at the same time, like I want to wet my my technical chops. Because yeah, because that's always like going back to like feeling run down and stress management like that that could be a solution like working on something exciting again yeah like it might not be the best startup advice but yeah yeah well no i I think you know going back to it um we touched on this a little bit last week the idea of like working on not getting any wins when working on something hard is extra demoralizing yeah and i feel like that's one of the things that i need to keep going and especially with F-bars, like I'm not an accountant and I don't hang out with accountants every day. And I think that was a, I don't know if it was a critical mistake, but I do think it was a mistake in formulating that product and that offering. Whereas if I can target developers or people who are like developers or think like them, I think there's just a bigger strength there. Like I know how to reach them. I know how to speak with them. I can speak their language already. And I think that's just a major strength that I was denying or whatever the word is. I wasn't exploiting. And I think that falls in the same line. Like when you work with people who have real problems that you know and understand well, it's exciting. It's exciting to be able to help people that you know and understand and you can see the authenticity when you actually add value to them. It's like, yeah, man, like I want those wins. I I want that feeling. Yeah. Last week when I I put marketing on pause, Mm -hmm. so I I paused, literally paused the Twitter campaign Mm -hmm. and then I just put the 
put the copywriting on hold and trying to redesign the landing pages. I just said, no, no I'm just going to put it all on hold. Like, and then I swear, <laughs> like the next six consecutive days, I had new paying customers every single day. Oh, wow. Like it's, it's the longest streak I ever had. And it all happened right after I turned it all off. Oh, man. <laughs> That, that just hurts. <laughs> That's like the universe telling me something, I think. Oh, man. You know all that effort you were putting in? Exactly. Just stop. <laughs> just stop and we'll reward you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and of course, attribution is so hard, right? Yeah. Like, I'm, a lot of it is direct traffic. So, I really have no idea where it's, where it's coming from. Mm. And then the rest is all from the channels that have been working all along. So, mm. it just feels like, yeah. I, I think I can take a break yeah, and just like, concentrate on this new importer that I want to do and mm-hmm. these side projects. Yeah. And of course, there's a bunch of other improvements I want to do to the existing importers. No, this sounds great. A, a, a nice, solid spell of development work to relax yeah. a little bit. Exactly. Get some, get some distance, <laughs> get some perspective. That's, that just sounds like good fun. Do some deep work again. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Good old deep work. Deep work. So do you think you'll take a week, do you, a month? What do you think a meaningful spell looks like for you? It's uh, definitely more than a week okay. because I, the amount of things that I do want to build, like it, for sure it's going to take more than a week. Okay. But uh, I haven't I haven't set a deadline. Okay. We'll see. Basically, I'll, maybe two or three weeks. And if... Uh, if if uh, the new new customers are still coming in at the same rate, then I think I'll keep going. I'll keep going that way. Like it's seems to work. I think I think my mistake was like I thought. I don't know I had early success. That was you know sh- signs that I had product market fit, and I felt like in a in a rush. Like you know I have this fire going. I need to throw fuel at it. Right. And but really like maybe it's too early. Like it it's. I mean, the fact that I wasn't able to find to, someone to hire to do marketing for me because my budget was too small. Right. Like, I think that's a sign that maybe it's too early to hire someone in marketing. Mm. Like, I need to just keep doing what I was doing before and just grow organically. And mm. and then when I reach, I don't know, like 10K a month, like then, yeah, then I can hire someone easily. I can see that. I mean, the nice thing is that, you know, we've, t- we've talked about this, you're in a great position on Google. Like people who have this problem are very good at finding you. You're you're all over the forums. <laughs> you're all over the yep. community. And now you're building more marketing tools to give back to that community. Like this is I mean, it feels like you're doing everything right. You're, yeah, you're running experiments. I think so. And like maybe they're working or they're not working, but you're you're doing the things that are working and it's yielding results. So that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. They keep doing this and yeah, at what point at one point, I will have enough money to hire someone and and then really be aggressive about growth. Yeah. But in the meantime, I'm going to concentrate on doing what I love, yeah, which is yeah, building yeah. products and <laughs> yeah. and hacking. Yeah, you've earned that, certainly. <laughs> and and I found someone that will you know improve the design. Yeah. So that 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 might have a, a big impact. Mm. I think the dog fooding thing will be really fun. yeah. Exactly. I think, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to make a whole bunch of new ideas, like for for importers, maybe even. 
but just a bunch of ways to like showcase all the importers on the marketing side itself. Like, you know, the fact is being managed by the Airtable sync and and then this the blog is being powered by this other importer and etc. Like in the the past few weeks I've also been running an experiment. Okay. It's completely unrelated to Power Importer. Basically like I kept seeing all the or hearing about all these people selling their side projects. Okay. And I had never tried it before. Like I never tried to to sell one of my businesses. So I was like, I should try. Like I should just try because I've always fantasized about the idea of I like I love hacking and I love creating products. But I'm not a huge fan of like running businesses. <laughs> so like so in an ideal world, you know, I could just like hack and create products and then have someone else just buy it and grow it. And then I move on to the next shiny thing. Right. So I said, well, I should try it. See how easy is it is it to sell a side project. So I had this side project that I had that I had built years ago and I never did anything with it. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna try to sell this. So I, I found one of those sides, those sites that where you can list your side projects for sale. Sure. So I posted it there and I got a few people contacted me like for more information and I talked to one person on the phone but uh, they, it never went further than that. Okay. And now it's been on the site for a while so now it's getting no new traffic to it. Okay. Uh, can you talk about what the side project is and, and like what sites you were using and that kind of thing? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's... Uh, <clears throat> It's it's called podrise.com. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, I mean, the long story is that I, a few years ago, I was looking for a new product idea. And I, I listened to a lot of podcasts. And I was listening to one episode. They were talking about how they were going to stop transcribing the podcast okay. because it was too expensive. It's like, it, I think they said like it cost $80 per hour of audio to transcribe. Okay. But the reason why they were transcribing was for SEO, because, you know, like all this audio has all these subjects that you've talked about, but it's not crawlable by Google. And so if you transcribe it, then all of a sudden someone might find your your episode based on what you were talking about. So I at first I said, well, you know, Google has this service that will transcribe audio for you. Like, and it costs like, I think, $3 per hour of audio. So my, my first experiment was well can i just do arbitrage can i just like offer transcription service on fiverr you know ah. and then and then do it myself yeah. but with with ai so i created a listing put it on fiverr and i got zero interest like zero no one contacted me okay. and i mean there's a lot of competition in that category so i i i don't know i don't know how fiverr works but i basically i got nothing okay so then while I was waiting, like while I was waiting for people to contact me, I started playing around with the API to, to do transcriptions. And then I realized it's still not perfect. It's still not like human transcripts. Okay. It still makes a lot of mistakes that are obvious when you read it, that that's a mistake. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, so maybe that, I mean, that's why no one's using it. Like it's not perfect. But then I, I came up with an idea that, yeah, but what if I used it and then created a word cloud with the transcript. Because mm. if you just put the transcript, like it doesn't look professional because people can will read it and will see all these mistakes. Like it's obvious that that's not what they were saying. Right. 
But if I extract all the unique words out of it and make a word cloud, um, then you you don't see all the grammatical mistakes that the transcription made, right. you know, or so you just see you just see the most important words that were mentioned during the episode. <clears throat> so so yeah, I made a proof of concept that it worked. Uh, and then I started cold emailing podcasters, and I got a few of them to try it out, and uh, yeah, and it seemed to work. Like it 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 created word cloud. They put it on their under in their show notes, and uh, I, I would reach out again a month later to see if they had more traffic, and like some of them actually had more traffic coming in from from Google. Mm. So it it seemed to be working, but but it was still hard to sell because because you have to wait. For the SEO to take effect, right. so it's like a it's a long sale. Like it's yeah. it's hard to. So I basically put it on hold. But then I thought, but now that's it. Now when I was thinking of selling a side project, I said, well, this this is like a business that's ready for someone to start operating it. Yeah. Like just start contacting podcasters and sell it. And uh, and then uh, there's this tool that you can put a domain name in it, and it will estimate. What the domain name is worth, just the domain. Mm-hmm. So I did it on Podrise, and it was like a thousand US for the domain. Oh, wow! So I figured, you know, this is like if I sell just a little bit more, like you're already you're getting the value of the domain itself, and the fact that it's been around for years. So and it has backlinks to it. Mm. Like you're you're buying more than just a domain. You're buying like a an established domain. Yeah, yeah, and. And you could start selling it immediately. Like just start contacting podcasters. Yeah, it's ready for. Yeah, so I thought it was a perfect, perfect example of a side project that a non-technical person could buy and, and just start running with it. And yeah, it's not it's not that easy to sell a side project. Interesting. <laughs> I was I was surprised because you hear you only hear about all the sales. Like yeah, you hear Sur- about, survivorship bias. Yeah, exactly. You don't hear about the other 99% that just sit in a directory and never get by. Mm. So, what kind yeah, of it was a, it was in, it's I mean at least it's a learning experience like that uh, if that's your goal is just to to quickly put together a, a startup and then sell it mm. that it's not that easy. Mm. of them don't get sold. Uh, What kind of questions did you get from potential buyers, people who are interested? Yeah, I mean, some of them, they they weren't, they they didn't understand it perfectly, how it worked, or they wanted to know, like, if it could be fully automated, because right now it's it's a prototype. So you, yeah, once you get a paying customer, so a podcaster pays you to do the the word cloud, You have to run a script for each episode that they paid you for. Okay. So it's manual, but I figured, you know, at the beginning, you do stuff that doesn't scale, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, of course. And if and if you get enough customers, well, then yeah, then just automate it or outsource the very little editing that it requires a human to, to make sure that there weren't any big mistakes in the cloud. Right. So people, yeah, we're just curious whether it could be automated or, or what programming language it was written in. <laughs> Weird. Okay. Yeah. Even though I, I I mentioned most of those things in the listing. Okay. Still asking questions. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of it might just be they're validating, making sure it's not a scam. Oh yeah, yeah, could be. Right, making sure it's a real person selling this. Because hmm. I also contacted Micro Micro Acquire. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I've been reading about them lately on Twitter. Yeah, that's a, that's a big site. 
but uh, they only sell SaaS that have revenue. Okay. So this site was this site project was not a good fit, and I didn't try anywhere else. Like there's a bunch of other sites where you can list these things, or just try to sell the domain. Yeah. But I just wanted to know how easy it was. Yeah, totally. I thought like yeah, I thought I would list it, and like a month later, someone would make an offer and just buy it. Yeah. No dice. <laughs> And you can see how much traffic you get every week or month. Yeah, you can see the, the amount of page views that it gets. Okay. So I mean, I haven't looked at it in weeks, but uh, maybe I had five hundred page views. Okay, that's that's actually that that seems quite a lot actually. I'm just thinking about the number, the type of person who would visit the site. To well, there's probably sellers who are checking the site out to see what's there, potential buyers yeah. who are assessing if there's something they want to buy. And I don't know if a page view is is even when you appear in the listing. Mm. Like if someone is just scrolling down the listing and then your listing passes by, I don't know if that counts. Mm. And I did send some direct tra- traffic to it. Like I went in Indie Worldwide and I posted it with a link back to the listing. I posted on Twitter. So I got some direct traffic from there. But uh, I think if I would, yeah, the next time I try, I think it will be with Micro Acquire. It seems to... I don't know. I get the I get the impression they do more deals, right? But again, it might just be a survival bias, like you say. Yeah, we only hear about the deals. We don't hear about the ninety nine percent that never go anywhere. Mm. Yeah, that'd be a very interesting data point to learn more about. How many deals do these sites do? What percentage of them actually sell? Are they like? Did the site itself do any vetting to see if you were a scam, or was it really just self service? Yes, yeah, they didn't do anything. Okay, like because it's no revenue. Um, I think you could connect your Google Analytics to it. Okay. But uh, otherwise, I mean, there was there was a vetting period. Like I posted it and it took maybe 24 hours or 48 hours okay. before it was accepted. So someone looks at it. Right. But it's a kind of site where they don't they don't do the the brokering of the deal. Yeah. They don't do they don't offer any services. It's like you you guys deal with it yeah. by yourself and and if you want to use escrow, you do it yourself. Purely, purely a market. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I just checked out the site, and it looks like there's just a input your email. Because if the operation of the business, if it were right now, it would be you running the script manually against a specific. Episode. Yeah. So there's not much for them to vet, unless they're going to call you up and be like, All right. "Run through this as if I were a customer." Yeah. Exactly. No. 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 They. They, they really. They're hands off. Yeah. Like all the due diligence is is not the responsibility, and it makes sense with with side projects like that that have no revenue. Yeah, do you really want to put the time? Yeah, but if you go with like a an actual broker, like there are like actual brokers like FEI or uh, Empire Flippers or something like that. Like there's a few places where they will actually broker the deal and they'll take a ten or twenty percent cut. Then yeah, then they do they do more work. Mm I'm just imagining what it would be like to have something with sufficient value that, that a broker would be like, yes, we will go and find somebody to buy, to, to buy this for from you. Wow. Okay. Right. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's it. You hear about these deals all the time. Yeah. The truth, and the truth is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is because there's a possibility of me working on something with someone else on a complete different product. And, and I think that's the exit strategy is to sell it. Right. So I want to know, like, what does it look like when you sell something? Yeah, because yeah, I feel like the the most I've been exposed to that is, you know, that you hear a couple of stories from like startups to the rest of us or built to sell, where they kind of give you the high level stuff. 
Yeah. And then Patio 11's blog from back in the day when he sold uh, Bingo Car Creator. And, like, even then he doesn't go too deep into the details, but he does talk a little bit about, like, what went into the sale. And- yeah. Or, I mean, on the podcast, uh, My First Million, you hear about a lot of deals um, all the time, yeah, right? Yeah, Actually, that's a good point. I haven't gone back into the archives of that from when the, when the hustle sold. I started listening to it sometime after that. Okay. Does, do- well, I mean, not, not just a hustle, but they talk about, like, uh, they regularly talk about businesses being bought. Mm. Yeah, true. Sure. Yeah. Like they'll say this, you know, this space right now is really growing and, mm. you know, this this was bought, that was bought. Right. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, because they're both investing now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the the best deals must be when a seller contacts you, like when you're not for sale and they contact you. Yeah. Like like a maker pad, for example, mm-hmm. where, where Zapier just reached out and... Let's do this. Yeah, those those are the good deals. Yeah. But if MakerPad had reached out to Zapier, then no, nah, he would have got a horrible deal. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I, th- there's oh man, yeah, there's so much there that I just don't know. It's such it's like that world hidden underneath the world that you see. It's like oh, I'd love to get more details of how that works and, and everything. Like I get because a lot of it you can't people can't talk about. They're under contract or whatever else so you can't necessarily go blabbing about the details but oh man it'd be so interesting to know more yeah and how much it varies because i feel like we've heard like rob walling's story and that's i feel like that's one take but like how different is it for others how does it all work yeah i i desire more i desire more information <laughs> more stories i thought i had heard a story once of like someone not even creating the product really just pretending the product already existed so they had a landing page for the for the website and it looked like it looked like it was already a business running and then they tried to sell that <laughs> just to see if there was a market for it like you know obviously like anybody that reached out they would say oh sorry like uh, we're not selling anymore or <laughs> but it was just to see were people actually willing to to buy it right I thought that was pretty cool. That's very it's interesting. Pretty, it's pretty baller. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like, here's a business that does X. And then you just put it for sale and then see if how many people like are really excited about it. Yeah. I mean, what information would that, do you think that gives you? Like, it is it that people are interested in a business like X that produces Y dollars? Or... Well, I think it's if your exit strategy is going to be to sell, yeah. like you want you want to test it immediately. Yeah, true. Let's 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 test the waters. Yeah. Here's a bit, and you, you could put the fake no, you know fake numbers and everything. Yeah. Like <laughs> here's a business that makes this AIR with this profit margin, and and this uh, this was the growth, and then see if there's anybody that's interested. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then you just tell them all. No, no, sorry, it's. We change your mind. Yeah. It's not for sale. Yeah. Back out of the deal, and then go build it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like testing book titles on yeah on AdWord. Exactly. Yeah, or pre-selling a book on Gumroad. Yeah, totally. Totally. So yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, me too. Time to get back to work. Get through the rest of the shred stuff, so I move on with my life. <laughs> The, the end is near. It's so Don't near. Worry. My tongue is like pressed up against it. I'm so close. <laughs> just gotta, just gotta get it out. Just gotta get it out. All right, cool, man. We'll we'll catch up next week, and I'm very eager to hear about how your development adventures go. Yeah. 
if the weather Hopefully. stays, maybe we can meet up for a walk. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought of doing it this weekend. I was like, oh, maybe I. Wait, do, do you have a car? I don't. No. Okay. Yeah, I could. I could just come over on my bike. Mm. Oh yeah, I gotta get my bike tuned up. I should have done that this weekend, but I was too busy drinking in the park. Oops. <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if, whenever the sun is out, just give me a ring. Let's go. All right. Let's do this. Cool. Maybe we could record an episode in the park. That would be fun. I wonder what the audio would be like. <laughs> It'd be horrible. <laughs> you with your headphones on and me with like the mic pressed up against my mouth. <laughs> like a, a cardboard box over our heads. Oh, that'd be so funny. To block the wind. Yeah, we'd make it on Instagram for sure. Blankets, <laughs> like a blanket over the both of us. Oh my God. Cool, man. All right. I'll catch you next week. All right. Great. See ya. See you later.